Steve, what's the matter? You, you you seem like you're shaking in anger over there. I'm just uh, got to hate Wes McCauley. <laughs> why do you why do you I'm hate just him? Thinking personally? About how much I hate him. Why do you send his children hate mail? Because I just don't like him. Uh, are you are you Sorry. suggesting that there might have been a misunderstanding about your opinions no, on Wes McCauley? No, I hate him. I don't know. Sometimes I say things into the mic, and I'm like, "Is this on?" And you know, it's okay. It's okay. I like him, Wes. You're cool. You listen to Wes? Yeah, it's nothing wrong with Wes McCauley. It's that hockey's so boring that Wes McCauley's considered entertaining. Yeah. No, Here's what's, you know what's considered entertaining in the NFL? What's going on with Antonio Brown and Bruce Arians right now? That's considered entertainment in the NFL. I don't NFL. know who that second guy is. What that I... would be the head coach of the Buccaneers. Oh. Who showed up to the press conference with his sunglasses on and hunting gear. It, it was Buccaneers hunting gear. Like but... hunting Don Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> like the love child of John Cena and Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, anyway. he does every press conference from the front seat of his truck. Jesse's got the kind of grin on his face right now that says, I'm thinking something. I might not say it, but I'm thinking. What'd I do wrong? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> What'd I do wrong? <laughs> Let me hear it. Nobody, nobody really took what you said last week as what you intended. And I think everybody just heard, hey, I hate Wes McCauley. Which maybe that's an error in communication. We, maybe I didn't, make, I didn't communicate can properly. We, can we can we make the title of this episode? Steve Dangle hates Wes McCauley and hopes he retires. Wow! And just put that out there. See also, how people do it. Uh, Wes McCauley, regarded as one of the best refs in yes. hockey, I had yeah. no idea. Oh, yeah. But yeah, as yeah. all this the storm of McCauley news came out, I learned that, and I was like, oh yeah, great for him. Yeah. Too bad Steve hates him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I. By the way, Chris Johnston has some great insight on the CJ Show about Wes McCauley and refs in general. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my flag in the earth. Gun. Gun in the earth. Gun to the earth. <laughs> Somebody actually messaged me the other day. They're like, how come you don't know what gun to the earth means? I'm like, I know what it means. It's oh, just stupid. <laughs> also, anyway. I'm pretty sure we get the line wrong, but I'm too entertained by it to correct it. So okay. it's gun to the earth. Gun Forever. to the earth. Gun to the earth. Uh, oil spill, which is the most recent episode of the Chris Johnston show. Yeah. The best one. The best one they've done. Mm -mm. Jesse bad, is the executive bad, producer. Bad takes exposed. The best show they've ever done. Right from here, live from Adam's oh, basement. Yeah, CJ telling the story of going to uh, the Saddle Dome uh, high as a kite. Blazed. <laughs> Told you, man. How do you beat that? And the, no, the only reason we good. got that story is because I we got out the night before me and uh, yeah. me and Julian and Chris and actually just drank some beers and hung out, yeah. which is such a rare thing. And it's it's even rarer because Julian lives like 150 kilometers away or whatever it is. Or maybe it's more, 300 kilometers? Is it 130? I don't even know. I can't even, <laughs> I don't know. He he lives far. He lives in Montreal. Yeah. Five hour drive. Yeah. My my thinking is uh, with with uh, CJ and Julian is uh, I, I listen to them. I'm like, ah, they're both so smart. And oh, the, yeah, their yeah. takes on the Edmonton situation, which we're going to talk about later Fantastic. in the show. Uh, yeah. Really, really interesting. And, you know, I the, the more the more this week has carried on, the more the Oilers have become a story for bad. Um, Story for bad. So we'll we'll talk about the Leafs game against them and everything else that goes into it. But I think we do need to start with the Leafs here. Nick Ritchie on waivers after 30 games. Oh, man. Um, I totally forgot. Eight points he's had in 30 games. And it seemed like everybody was rooting for him. I mean, the guy signed a two-year contract worth $5 million. Bucks. 
Yeah. Uh, all the all the players on the team, like when he scored, they were all super pumped about it. Everybody wanted him to succeed here. Why didn't he? Um. Oh boy, that's tough to quantify. He just doesn't feel like a fit at all, and it's unfortunate. Like net front, when he is in front of the net, that's where he got his only goal. Mm-hmm. When he's in front of the net, he I think he looks perfectly fine he looks at home mm-hmm. he looks like he knows what he's doing he can move bodies he can annoy people he can score a goal he can set a screen um i was giving him praise in my videos for getting what i called daryl boyce assists yep where he doesn't actually get an assist but what the goal doesn't happen without him um man when it's not in front of the net What's your job? What's your gig, man? What do you do? Um, he doesn't have the the speed to keep up with this team mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that well, that's the thing. It's like standing in in place in front of the net, and and then saying, "Oh, he looks perfectly at home." It's like, ooh. And he doesn't have the defensive awareness to make up for his lack of speed. Um, but and we sort of saw that in the. I think it was the game against the Oilers. There was a goal that was kind of on him. I didn't really hold it against him because I wasn't willing to hold anything from that game against anybody because mm-hmm. it the, they've played uh, twice <laughs> since December 21st. Come on. Um, but the Leafs forward group is as healthy as it's been. Mm-hmm. And he's not part of the 13 forwards that they have. No, yeah. Kasha's obviously, I mean, the one good bit of news is, hey, Kasha's probably coming back if uh, if Richie's on waivers. They need the cap relief. They'll get it from this. And the good good news, if you're still cheering for Nick Richie, is you can because no one's going to claim him. I mean, we'll know by the time the show is up and I could be completely wrong, but no one's claiming him. Um, My guess is he gets sent to the Marlies. He hopefully gets his confidence back playing probably top line and probably scoring a ton. Like, I think he's at least good enough to score a ton in the American Hockey League, and then he's a useful player for the playoffs, hopefully. I hope the Leafs find a way to trade Nick Ritchie. Because to get him a situation? He's an NHL player, and he doesn't fit on the team at all, and that's yeah. been evident since game one. And there's a place for him in the NHL, not on the Marlies. And to do right by him would be to find him a team where it works. How do you take that contract though? So here's the structure of the deal. And I saw it yesterday and I was like, Oh, he's, he ain't getting claimed. (laughs) So it's not just that he has a $2.5 million cap hit. Uh, He makes one. So there's no signing bonus. He makes $1.7 million this season, 3.3 next. So if a goal, if a contract goes down, Hey, you might actually get claimed. And the Leafs will have paid X amount of his 3.3 this year. But because it's reversed, and I don't know who his agent is, I assume that deal was designed to keep him in Toronto. And technically it is. Uh, the Marlies play here. Um, but he he's just he's not getting claimed. No I wonder, team is claiming him. I wonder if the agent did that because of COVID. If games were canceled and maybe they don't make as much money or something like that, oh, or maybe there's there until Omicron hit uh, or, or whatever, however it's pronounced. I've heard Omarion. Omarion, right? Okay. <laughs> Since un, <laughs> before Omarion hit, the NHL was on track to make about five point three billion dollars this year, which would have 
outstripped the pace they were on the last time the seasons were normal in 2019. So they were on track to make more money this year. Obviously, new TV deals help with that than they did before COVID. And so maybe the agent was like, well, maybe the escrow number goes down or something like that. And he gets to keep more of the money. That's the only thing I could think of with that contract structure. But all the same, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I looked into, well, what if they buy him out in the summer? Okay. And he would uh, be a $300,000 cap penalty next season, I believe. And then 1.1 the next. Yeah, it's too much. And Phil Kessel's coming off the book. So they're going to get cap relief. Okay. 2,000 bucks a day. It'll work out to be about a million bucks. If he stays down, it'd be about a million bucks by the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good, I guess. But like, it's not great. It's not great for next year either. It's not great for him. No, that too. Like, you know? So is it worth it for the Leafs to do that? Uh, or is it worth it for them to just have him in the organization? They do get cap relief by sending him to the minors. It's not as much as a buyout would provide. But you... Get the cap relief by burying him. Money is no object, so we'll have him play for the Marlies. It's fine. Um, and you have him. Mm-hmm. Like, if if someone were to get hurt, Engvall goes down. I don't know. Anybody in the Leafs lineup gets hurt, you could do worse than Nick Ritchie. Yeah, as a, a free as a Nick totally Ritchie. 13th forward. And, and this is the, I don't know if it's a risk, but this is the idea that Kyle Dubas had going into the season was that I'm going to pick up all of these strangling forwards and then one of them's going to fail. A couple of them are going to work out. And then there's going to be the extra guys who don't fit in the lineup. It's mm-hmm. why they had Ka- Kasha and Bunting and Richie. And even if you count the Engvall and Mikheyev pieces, they're just, they're forwards on the wings that you plug in around the big core. And a couple of them are going to fail and a couple of them are going to work out. And then you're going to be stuck with tough decisions on guys like Nick Ritchie going down but to the AHL. Of the guys you just named, Nick Ritchie's by far the most paid. Right? Yeah, I think, which is, you know what I mean? He's like is, double the other guys. You're, you're taking a bet on all these guys, and the one you paid the most is the one that's not working which out. Which means somebody else was oh. after him. Oh, that's yeah. why oh, lots Nick, of other teams. Yeah. yeah. So, Nick Ritchie's a good player. It's he'll, not in Toronto. He'll be fine. Yeah. I th- he'll certainly. be fine if he does go somewhere else. I think he'll have success. Like, I, you can point to, listen, his fancies are awful. Mm-hmm. But he scores, for God's sake. He scores and he knows how to generate offense, mm-hmm. which he didn't even do here mm-hmm. or hasn't even done here. Um, I think he will. Like, guys don't well, forget how to play hockey. And here's what I love, too. If people were, you know, Leaf fans typically have to find a reason to be upset. So Leaf fans are like, oh, my God, and he signed all the way through next year. That's a bad contract. Well, first off, the Leafs don't have many, I would say, quote unquote, bad contracts. Number two, for, for every two-year Nick Ritchie contract, you have a David Kampf for $1.5 million, not just this year, but next. And Michael Bunting, not just this year, but next at nine hundred and fifty grand. Andre Kasha, at the end of this year, his contract expires. He's an RFA. Yeah, he's oh, that's RFA. right. Because he was non-tendered, wasn't he? Yep. So wow. was, so was Ritchie. Holy so was Ritchie. They were both non-tendered by the Bruins. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Huh. I mean, listen, so it's good. It's... You're, you take some swings and you miss. And uh, and I just I, I guess to wrap up the conversation, is it likely that he gets traded this season? I don't think so. I don't love Do... having a two point five million dollar fourth liner. But at the same time, come playoff time. And if he has to work his way up the lineup, you don't hate it. Right. Here's here's what we know about Kyle Dubas. He's a man of his word. Right. So the Leafs traded Alexander Barabanov to the Sharks for anti uh Swomela. A trade that Dubas and the Leafs have decidedly lost. (laughs) (laughs) 
badly. Why? But because Barabanov is an NHL player who's actually producing. I think he's got 19 points, and Swomela is currently on an AHL deal with the Marlies. I think he has one goal. And but it's because he promised Barabanov when he signed him, if it doesn't work out here, I'll find you a place. Mm. Like people, I, you know, you might. There's two different ways you could look at it. Oh. You know, they sign a guy and then it doesn't work out. And after a couple months, they sewer him and they get rid of him. Or, well, I mean, Nick Ritchie's still, the checks are going to come mm-hmm. no matter what. When are they due? That's when they come uh, for him. So if you're an agent, you're like, well, at least he's getting the money and he'll find him a situation. Uh, as of eight minutes ago, the Leafs have placed forwards Pierre Engvall and Mitch Marner in the NHL's COVID protocol. I was about to faint. Um, I thought you were going to say Engvall on waivers, and then no. you said Marner, and I was like, what? Uh, forwards Joey Anderson and Brett Sini uh, uh, have been assigned to the taxi squad, uh, so we'll see. So Marner's going to miss tomorrow night, I guess. Yeah. And not they, necessarily. Did I? Cause not necessarily, yeah, because it could be like a, it a, could false, be positive. a false positive oh, or something. Matthews yeah, has yeah. supposedly had two, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Dean, is it? Chenoweth, the assistant coach, mm-hmm. did as well. Mm-hmm. Chen Daddy, I believe. Chen Daddy. Yeah. Er, um, I, 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 no, it's not Chen Daddy. Chen. <laughs> um, uh, the game I was supposed to go to, the Pittsburgh game, that uh, my girlfriend got me for, yeah. for Christmas, mm-hmm. they've officially refunded the money now. So, Oh, that's fast. Well, I thought, and we both thought, we're like, well, maybe we'll wait and see if it happens in uh, that Olympic break time, right? Like, is it going to happen? And I think that's when it will be played, but they're expecting, I don't think that, like, there's just no way. Season ticket holders will come first in that. So there's just no way. So the, the money is back in the account. Will not, I will likely, this is going to be, I don't think I've seen a Leafs game since before Everly was born in person. I've seen one. Remember the Leafs won 14 out of 16? I saw one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> they lost 5-2 to the Kings. Well, that was Trevor Moore scored. Right? Yeah. Nah, Trevor Moore scored. Drew. That's how long ago it was. I made, I made producer Drew over 100 bucks. He, he goes, uh, Trevor Moore, first goal. Should I do it? I go, absolutely. He turned five bucks into 130. Incredible. It was his first of the season. Um, nice. I also want to say this. The Leafs have won 20 of their past 25 games. This is the best 25-game stretch in franchise history. What? Pretty good. Man, it's it sucks that all these things are happening in the midst of all this. Because, like, how do you pay attention? Like, Jack Campbell is undeniably in the Vesna conversation. Mm-hmm. and like Willie's on like nearly a forty goal pace, and mm-hmm. nobody's talking about it. And... I know it's you know it's funny though. Like when you play, uh, I just want to make sure my phone was on. Do not disturb. When you play games so spread out, like you know one game in seventeen days, people do other shit. Yeah, you know, like we really like you do. You but people get into other stuff. It's nice that we have two games a week at least to reliably count on. Now with the. Uh, with one of the two games we're going to get this week, and I think it's going to be two games a week going forward for the next probably month or so. Because again, every time they play a game, they lose three million dollars. Unless it's uh, just a road trip. Oh, one, okay, one yeah, thing yeah. they've done too is they've swapped a lot of games. Yep. So uh, what was it? The Ottawa Islanders game, if I have it correct. They they swapped those two games because if if you can Smart. play you can and play Leafs, the, the American game with a full a full building, do that instead, and then so yeah, so we get a whole bunch of Leafs game here. Mm-hmm. Are we bringing up the Jets eventually? But I uh, oh. do you want to bring them up now? I, don't know. I was going to go into the Oilers Leafs. Let's go into that. 
Yeah? Yeah. We'll go, I was going to go to the Jets after. Yeah, doesn't we'll, matter. We'll get to it. Okay, so Oilers leaves on Wednesday. A little unfair because Connor McDavid's not on the lineup, but so fucking what? You've got <laughs> you still got to play NHL games. Right. We've missed Matthews and Marner before it happens. Yeah. Now, the Oilers picture continues to get worse here. I mean, I think they've lost 10 of their last 12. And uh, what happens, it, it's, ev it's everything that we talked about on Wednesday going into the game. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and, and I heard this with, with Chris Johnson and, and uh, uh, Julian McKenzie. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, when they are playing, are playing two more minutes a night than Matthews and Marner, right? Yeah. That's the Leafs' closest comparable. I'm not saying they're the same, but if you're talking about the Leafs' big two, it's Matthews and Marner. Oilers' big two is obvious. And when the Oilers were winning, those guys were putting up like MVP for the last... 25 years numbers like oh. Connor McDavid was on pace for 180 points yeah their numbers would have uh like I think back to like 1996 Mario Lemieux and Yager and yeah no they were better and I I wonder they had better numbers so so here's the thing when they were winning those guys were putting up like two three points a night each they were on a 180 point pace through the first like like an alarming amount of games we were all like oh shit like they're actually gonna stick to this right and, and then, then they didn't. <laughs> well, then they didn't. But here's the thing. 82 games in a year, even Gretzky didn't score sometimes. Mm -hmm. Even when he had his 215-point season, there were games he did not register a point in. The problem is with this Edmonton Oilers team is if their version of Gretzky, which is Connor McDavid, mm -hmm. again, I'm not calling them the same, if he does not I score am. and Leon Dreisaitl does not score, they do not even factor. Like, they don't play. The, the, the Oilers cannot win. And I, I, I think I highlighted it last episode. You know, a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, everybody's like, well, he's having a great year, 26, 27 points or whatever. Three of those are goals. And I, I hate to, to remind hockey fans of this. Goals matter more than assists. Goals matter more. Goals matter more. That's why points in the NBA, goals in soccer, that's what people pay attention to because that's what matters. And, and, and what we're seeing with this Oilers team is there's, what's Dave Tippett really supposed to do? I'm not saying he's perfect. But what's he supposed to do if Connor McDavid's out in COVID protocol? Or even if he's playing? That what's was, he really supposed to do if he needs a goal and those two are gassed? That was a great point from uh, the CJ show. I was just like, ah, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Like, like what's he going to do? What would I do to make the Oilers better? Now, did well, he? All, all my answers trade have to do with Ken Holland, not Dave Tippett. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This is a Ken Holland thing. Now, What's going to be interesting is if in season they try to make a move here, how do you make a move right now? Like it's it, Louis DeBrus said on Sportsnet uh, this morning, it's like it's almost impossible to make a trade right now. Well, it's not just that. No one was waiving their no trade clause to come to Canada anyway. They're especially not doing it now. Yeah. So like everybody, <laughs> everybody's looking at us like hmm? you guys are not. Well, yeah, and, you know? and, well, they might for Alberta, but you yeah. know, not for most of Canada. And one thing I learned um, from Agent Provocateur with Doug Armstrong, another extremely good listen. I love that we make shit that I like. Like, I listen to every show. I'm like, God damn, what a banger. Who, who made this? Us? <laughs> Great. Anyway, uh, from your Doug, Doug Armstrong thing, is the NHL isn't a video game. Like, these are people. Yes. Right. And I think it would be frowned upon if you traded a player who didn't specifically ask for it at the moment right now. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, tell me why. Because you're sending them into an unwinnable situation. If it's a single guy, 
Probably not as much. Single guy, you know. But if he's got a family. If he's got a family. Like you, Fast and Furious. You, it would look awful. It would look absolutely awful. Now, Doug Armstrong, Doug Armstrong told a story that I thought was very funny where he traded Joe Newendike the day after he moved into a new house. Down the street from Doug Armstrong. <laughs> down the street. <laughs> they were neighbors. Yeah, so literally, that, that's funny. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's funny. It was yeah. also the off-season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Lou Lamorello. You kind of have to, you know? Yeah. But uh, to trade... By the like, way, when he was saying that, I'm like, I bet that's the Langenbrunner trade. And he, oh, yeah. and he was like, and then it was Langenbrunner for Arnott. I was like, I remember that. So, but if, you know, a guy's got a wife and two kids and lives in, I don't know, pick a team at random, St. Louis, and then you're going to trade them to Edmonton in the middle of all this, how are they going to see their wife? How are they going to see their kids? Uh, if they come with you, you got to figure out X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good look. If someone asks for it, great. If they don't, I think it's going to be a real bad look. But business is business. You got to do it. I mean, and if you're Ken Holland, like people will be like, well, Ken Holland's on the hot seat. Is he? I don't think he is. He's in the, yeah. what is he? A he third should of a, be, man. Like, yeah, but. Nah. No, I know. Come on. Yeah. With, with a, Edmonton? He's secure in that job. Yeah. Is, I mean, they signed him to a $25 million deal. I think he's in year three or four. Is Tippett the only coach he's had? No, he had a, I don't think he, I think he had the previous guy, didn't he? Who was the previous guy? I don't even remember. Gullitson? No, Gullitson's the assistant coach. Right. He was with Calgary. I can't remember. Ah, we'll, yeah. we'll figure that out. I'll tell out. you in like eight seconds. Yeah, most GMs, I think you can bet on them comfortably having two coaches. Uh, Ken Hitchcock was before uh, Tippett, and then before that was Todd McClellan. McClellan. But when, when was Hitchcock? What year? And that, Hitchcock was 18-19. Uh, he only did that one season. Remember, he did the 62 games. Oh, right, but he wasn't fired, though. He just left. Yeah, his interim, right? He was, he was that stopgap between McClellan and right. so uh, that Tippett doesn't, now. That doesn't even count as a bullet. That's, yeah. a, that's a blank in the right. gun. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and you know, like, with, with, with the way that the Oilers are run, truly from ownership, ownership's perspective, like it or, or hate it, they're not quick to jump the gun on, on, on firing a general manager, except the day after they've signed a goalie to a three-year contract. Right. Okay, so he's not in the hot seat to lose his job, but he's on the hot seat to do friggin' something. Something. Yeah. And what better time than now to completely contradict myself? Mm-hmm. But if you're able to find players who are willing to come there and, or, you know what? Screw it. Be cold. Make your team better. The Oilers have one game in the next 14 days. What better time? Right. And just to clarify, uh, Tippett is Ken Holland's hire because Ken Holland was hired in the May of 2019 early and then late in the month he hired Tippett after Hitchcock mm. wasn't coming back. Oh, so he was hired before the bubble season. Yes, 2019. Wow. Is when so he's this hired. would be Man. Tippett's first full season. So this is the problem, eh? Like, I can't remember any of this stuff. <laughs> oh, me neither. Any of this? Me, no. No, if you ask me something from 2008, I'm good. But yeah, <laughs> three years ago. Yeah, um, so that I don't know. That's enough time to be. You got to be thinking about at least Tippett's job if you're Ken Holland, and I don't know if if Bobby Nix is looking at Ken Holland's job. But mm-hmm. uh, no, Holland is safe yeah. based you, on that criteria. But Tippett might not be. Did yeah. you see the GIF of the Oilers getting scored on, and then the 
the camera goes right to Ken Holland, then it just says Ken Holland is searching the nine, uh, the oh eight oh nine Detroit Red Wings roster, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I didn't like see that. searching for players to trade for. That's, That's fun. mean. Uh, yeah. How it's dare you? I was going to say funny. <laughs> oh, it's definitely. Oh, listen, a lot of funny things are mean, and a lot of mean things are funny. <laughs> exactly. Um, one thing that I hadn't thought about, but makes complete sense when you do think about it, is something actually. Uh, my co-host of my other podcast. Uh, tweeted last night, and I actually was texting back and forth with him. I tried to get him on the show today, Alan, uh, Alan, but he couldn't come on. Uh, but he's going to come on next week to talk about this a little Ooh. bit more in depth. But I thought this was a really interesting story. So, what do we know about players and their equipment? They are ridiculous about it. Explain. Do you know some stories? Like, how? Give me some context. For They're that. really specific. Like right? when they, you talk to when you talk to Mark Savard about. I got a story. Oh, oh you got a story. Uh, Daniel Alfredson, uh, he almost retired early because he couldn't get the right pair of skates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Felix Podven did retire early because he couldn't wear the same equipment because they made equipment changes. And he goes, screw it, I'll retire. And then Daniel Alfredson went through, I think, 32 different pairs of skates uh, over the course of a season. And I forget who on the Senators lent him a pair of skates and that was the one that worked and that kept his career going for another i forget how many years four years or something and like that. wow and wasn't yeah. there somebody with a stick that that bauer stopped making mike green yeah mike and green. then he asked all the fans in washington for the sticks yes. and they they brought them to the arena and he got his stick and he used them in nhl games yeah. and put up nhl points with them mm -hmm. yeah that was That's a, a stick russian machine never breaks uh initiative something that i hadn't thought about uh, that I think is, is it, and this is something Alan tweeted last night, is he said the skates shortage among major equipment suppliers is having an impact on NHL players. Factories in China are backed up for months, and we know the supply, supply chain issues across the world for everything. Sure. Forget the custom skates on back order. Some players are scouring retail stores' websites for new skates just in their size and width. They can't even find a boot size that fits. So this is, we might... So, you know what? That's, that story is, is worth talking about a little bit more because we could see more of it with Mike Green. So, I don't remember the make of the stick. I think it was Easton. Uh, but, you know, he scored 31 goals with this stick. It's really specific. They stopped manufacturing it. So, Russian Machine Never Breaks basically writes a blog about it. And people who were gifted, like, autographed sticks by Mike Green are like, here, you can have it back. Mm -hmm. Because they're Capitals fans. They want to see the Capitals succeed. So use them in NHL games, put up NHL points. To and they're autograph sticks. Yeah, autograph sticks. So cool. Hilarious story. Great story. You can get player gloves, skates even. You can get any piece of equipment. I know a guy who bought, he just bought Mikhail Grabowski's skates. And... Yeah, Real Sports has a whole section of just yeah. stuff that's been on the ice at Scotiabank. You can oh, walk cool. there and just buy it. And I remember the, he paid like, it was like six, seven, eight hundred bucks for them or something like that. Well, you they know, would be good skates. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I go, why did you pay that just for game use skates? Because I thought they jacked the value because they belong to Mikhail Grabowski. He's like, no, no, no. That's how much these skates cost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just good skates. <laughs> yeah. So there might be a situation where players start. You know, maybe sending out a tweet and going, listen, if you've ever bought my game used skates, <laughs> I'll buy them back off you. I need them back. Mm -hmm. I need to spend a grand on my skates wow. right now. It could happen. I'm throwing it out there into the universe because a lot of players probably haven't even considered that ridiculous option, but it's not so ridiculous. It's literally happened before. It would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? 
Of course it would be. I would be. love that. Imagine, well, because this is, you know, possibly going to get worse mm-hmm. heading into the stretch, heading into the playoffs. And imagine then this player is skating in an NHL game, in a playoff game, Stanley Cup playoff game, and they create some magical playoff memory with skates they had to buy back off a fan. It could happen, man. Just throwing it out there. Tell Alan. Tell Alan. If Jonathan Huberdeau needs skates and he can't find them, <laughs> you know? By the way, Alan asked at the end of the podcast, um, he said, Doug was, uh, he asked about Marc-Andre Fleury and Jonathan Huberdeau being on the, on the Olympic team. And Doug was like, uh, he's like, I don't want to make any enemies right now. So I just say, yes, your client was on the team. Yeah, was <laughs> so of course Huberto was. Yeah. Course. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the way, thanks to all the Blues fans who messaged me and said, hey, we, Doug Armstrong says like two words in press conferences. So thanks for getting him to open up. That was all Alan. Had nothing to do with me, but I'm so glad that uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was actually like that's our first NHL general manager on this network. Oh, yeah. Ever. And yeah. He was great, and I, I, I know Doug Will or Doug Armstrong is famous for saying like two words. He is like he doesn't talk, and so to have him talk about you know driving around Bobby Clark's Porsche and yep. trading Joe Newendike, even though they were neighbors, and you know winning that first Stanley Cup, and like you know when do you pull like because I asked him, I said you know it wasn't going well that year. You guys were in mm-hmm. last place. Mm-hmm. Like how close do you get to pulling the plug? And he answered the question. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised by that. I was freaked out because I'm like, this I'm like, this interview is going really well, and this question could completely fuck it up. Well, you didn't. Good for you. Thank bud. God. Thank God. Good for you. <laughs> um, Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets could be looking at playing in uh, Saskatchewan at the Sastel Center, which interestingly seats fifteen thousand, which I'm pretty sure is as much or more than what Winnipeg usually gets in their barn, it's, right? Because their stadium's yeah. pretty small. If it's not if if it's less, it's not much less. Now, I've, I've been there. Saskatoon has... Love it. Um, Saskatoon, by the way, rules, uh, especially in the summertime. Uh, but Saskatoon has um, no restrictions right now. And it's a 90-minute flight from Winnipeg if you wanted to go. But you know people in Saskatch- Saskatchewan are going to buy those tickets up real quick. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if you've ever seen... If you're an American and you're watching this, look up Rough Riders. Look up the Saskatchewan Rough Riders a little bit. I, let me, I've told this story before, but let me contextualize. We went to a movie theater when we were at the World Juniors. There were three theaters to see Avatar, because that was coming out. They were all full, and the movie The Tooth Fairy with The Rock was sold out. So the way I talk about Saskatoon <laughs> t- is, is there's nothing to do, and everyone's at the nothing. Like, there's, if you, you don't have to look too hard. They, Hockey Canada, love them. And I'm surprised the World Juniors isn't back there every year because the relegation games between, like, Slovakia and Latvia still had, like, half capacity. Like, people were and, just and like, people oh, were there's loud a game too. on. They were loud. Oh, they were so... It's, to me, Jordan Eberle tying the game against the States in the gold medal game was, I still think, t- just to me, louder than Crosby scoring the gold medal goal. Wow. Yeah, and I was at both games. I was at both games. It was louder than that. Everyone so, freaked out. The only thing that comes close to either of those, my my podium, one, two, three, the loudest goals I've ever heard in person, is Crosby, Eberly tying it, and um, Benino's game winner in Pittsburgh. Is that the Benino, Benino, Benino? Benino, Benino, Benino. Benino, Benino. Was, uh, oh my God. 
I I thought I was I thought I was gonna die. Can we do uh, arena capacity trivia? Okay, so yeah, absolutely. Just to this confirm what you're saying, Adam, the capacity for ice hockey in Winnipeg is fifteen. <clears throat> Uh, three hundred and twenty-one, mm-hmm. and then in uh, Saskatchewan, it's fifteen one hundred. So barely edges out in Winnipeg. But who has the capacity record for the Saskatel Center? It is a vintage rock band. Oh, and they would they be the, uh, the 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 Canadian rock band? Um, not Canadian. They're not Canadian? not Canadian. I would have thought it was the what are they called? The what? Nickelback? No, no. There's like a a band from Saskatchewan that made it to the cover of Rolling Stone. And why am I not? No. You know, Saskatchewan actually uses them in their move to Saskatchewan commercials. <laughs> I don't know. The Sheepdogs? No, no. I would have thought it was the Sheepdogs. Are they Saskatchewan? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. It was. Uh, well, th- their number one hit. It's Tim not and Friends. Time would, for Tim and would yeah, it be? That's, that's what I know. Sheepdogs. <laughs> time for Tim and Friends. Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, they're from Saskatoon. Um, I'm assuming then it would have to be, um, like a, it's a it's an old rock band. Yeah, what old rock band owns the capacity record for the Saskatel Center? Tragically hip. That's Adam's guess. You, it's Canadian. It's I not. Said, ca- I oh, said it's, it's not, not Canadian. It's not Canadian. Shit. You get a mulligan on that. Yeah, yeah. You get. I am going to say because Jesse asked Adam specifically. I'm going to say Van Halen. Is it Van Halen? It's Metallica. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Metallica is a big that's, deal. That's a yeah. pretty cool record. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's not the only place they've uh, that they've they've they own the record for. Right, Have you yeah. ever seen their their like Soviet Union concert? Oh yeah, no. Where, the world showed up at their show. Yeah, where there's like 500,000 people and oh. it's Enter Sandman to open the show. Yeah, th- there's only <laughs> two <laughs> things. I'm surprised people didn't die. Like, yeah, they, they, they probably there's did. a lot of Russian soldiers like, there and they're rocking out too, and it's it's bananas. Oh, I've never wow. seen anything like it. There's anything. A, there's it's Here. them and there's a DMX one as well where he's just performing in to Russia? the world. Yeah, well, no, I don't know he, if it was in Russia, but I'm just like, where the f- it's where so, is this? I don't know where it is, but it's some outdoor festival and it's DMX in front of like. A million people, like legitimately a million. Yeah. The just, it's like it was like a it was like the Raptors NBA parade, but all in one place Jesse, watching DMX. Do you want me to email this to you or send you the? We won't play the sound, but just so you can get a sense of the crowd, we can just if show anyone it. is going to sue it's Metallica. Email, email or uh, just, yeah, just send it. Okay, anyway, it doesn't okay. matter. You've never heard of Napster? It's going man? to your sdpn.ca. I think. No, I don't think uh, that didn't do Metallica any fa- favors with their fans. The Napster thing, and I, I'm, we're promoting them for God's sakes. We're trying to. And by the way, the person that's hosting this video uh, is not a Metallica uh, official thing, so they didn't sue that person. It's okay. Uh, anyway, um, I also want to throw this out there. This hasn't been confirmed yet. The Jets sent out a season, uh, like a survey to season seat holders. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting this, uh, asking their opinion on the possibility. It's not known how the survey results came in. Um, the Jets thought that they would be able to host fans. Um, but I guess, you know, it's just in Manitoba, just like Quebec, just like Ontario, just like so many other places. It's just not a good idea right now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like I, I keep saying, we're going to have to learn to live with COVID just like the... Our grand great grandparents had to learn to live with the flu. It's not going anywhere, but right now it's so uh, volatile and dangerous. We don't. We just don't know where this is all going. So, mm-hmm. I love the idea of the Jets in in Saskatchewan. First off, I think it's a great feel good story. Mm-hmm. Second, 
Saskatchewan so often gets overlooked, and their fans are, as you mentioned, absolutely rabid. Ravenous. And, and and number three, and I guess that's partially number one, we need a positive story in Canada. All we have had, and you mentioned this, nobody's waving their no trade clause to come to Canada. They Rarely were they anyway, but especially now because of the restrictions. In America, you can pretty much do anything you want. In Canada, you can't do fucking anything. Well, how about- and, and so it would be nice if we could have something positive about Canada and, and this game of hockey that we call ours and all the, all the passion that we're supposed to have and we could reward Saskatchewan, the, the province in the middle that just kind of keeps getting forgotten. And, you know, how unique would it be to play in the first ever NHL game in Saskatchewan? That would be... That counted. No imagine, one would ever take that away from you. There's a Saskatchewan-born player. Oh, I bet there is. You know, like imagine Jordan Eberle. Oh, I, th- I think he's a Regina guy, but uh, like imagine. Uh, Bra- the Shens, I think, are Saskatoon. Um, now, there are going to be some people who talk about the money over everything thing. And the reason there are no fans in the in the stands in certain places is, you know, because of safety and everything. To, to them, I would say, listen, uh, these games are getting played. They are. They're getting played. And so, just to correct you before everybody in Saskatchewan starts yelling at you, the 2019 uh, Heritage Classic was played in Regina. You remember it was the Jets? Oh. It was the Jets and Flames. Okay, I don't even well, know if that was the first game ever. First played. ever indoor. Yeah. That counted. I don't. I, I think don't know they had some was, exhibition. Yeah, games, yeah, but but yeah, who cares? Nobody like, on the Jets roster is even from Saskatchewan, from what I can see. I'm just trying to think of all of them. Anyway, yeah. like doesn't matter. Um, these games are getting played, of course. And if you're looking for a safe place to play hockey right now, it doesn't exist. Right. Like you, there's no pandemic-free area on the earth. Yeah. If you're going to be mad about this, you should be mad about every NHL game getting played everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're getting played. And if this works for the Jets, uh, I wouldn't be overly shocked if the NHL goes, all right, could this work for the Leafs? Could this work for the Sens? Could this work for the Habs? The Jets might be protective of that and say, listen, <laughs> this is our show. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not, you know, going to dilute our product for these guys. They can go solve their own problems, make their own money. You know, that is possible but uh as ideas go it's not the worst one this seems like a good one i really like this jesse do you have the metallica <laughs> video that you just want to can we just show the yeah crowd? it's already been on screen oh has it yeah, okay good i just want to make yeah. sure the um an article from the musicman.uk i don't know if this is accurate but they say 1.6 million people were at that Moscow performance in 1991. I can imagine because the <laughs> I believe it. I they believe. didn't yeah. know. So I've read um I read a few books on music in the in the 80s. I love 80s music, and one of the books I read was on completely on hair metal. And they mm-hmm. talk about the Moscow Peace Festival, which I think happened in 1987, and it was put on as like an anti drug crusade because one of the biggest managers in rock, Don Meehan, was caught smuggling drugs quite literally and so he had to put on a concert and it was like but he put it on in russia and they didn't know how to do it right like they didn't know so 1.6 million people showing up doesn't surprise me because they wouldn't know at that point they didn't have big music festivals in the soviet union like this and so they wouldn't have known how to properly control a crowd like that so 1.6 million is bigger than all but three canadian cities yeah (laughs) yeah rod stewart talked about in his book he went to he played a show in like on new year's eve in brazil and there were i think there were two million people there and the crowd stretched stretched back several kilometers oh yeah no like 
Toronto's a, a decently big city by North American standards, but outside of that, can Canada's got nobody. <laughs> I know. Like, I think Mexico City's got um, almost the same population. Oh yeah, as no, Canada. <laughs> most other places in the world, we can't fathom how many damn people there are. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah crazy, crazy. <laughs> um, shit. I wanted to um, before we get into the press conference here, I wanted to talk quickly. And Jesse, I just sent you a note on on this if you want to bring it up. Um, the Trent Frederick hit on Kirill Kaprizov. And I wanted to get your opinion on this, guys, because um, you got this is one of those ones where you get two different sides completely. You get people who are like, that's fucking bullshit. Trent Frederick shouldn't even be on the ice anyway. He's not an NHL player. And that's a bullshit hit. <laughs> and then you get the Mark Messier opinion last night where people were so mad at Mark Messier because he said, you know, that doesn't look intentional to me. Um, to me, part of this is name brand. We know what kind of player Trent Frederick is, right? He's a torpedo. Yes. I wanted to get both of your thoughts on the hit. Well, I think I can be an unbiased party because okay. I am both a big Trent Frederick fan and a Kirill Kaprizov fantasy holder. So you can imagine how absolutely concerned I am about that. Um, I think this is a suspension. I don't think it's a long one um, because I agree... To me, this isn't ill intent, but it is negligence. Okay, that's that is interesting. Because like he sees numbers the whole time. Like he doesn't drill him in the numbers, but to me, he's hitting a player who's not really eligible to be hit in a way that's still dangerous. Kaprizov is falling, which isn't Frederick's fault. Um, but there is there's negligence there. This is a dangerous hit. Now, when you watch it in slow-mo, it looks terrible. But I encourage you to watch it at normal speed. Yeah. Unfortunate stuff happens in hockey all the time. But watch it, when you watch it at normal speed, to me, it takes a lot of the, the wind out of the, he's out there to kill him. No, I mean, in fairness, Trent Frederick's out there to kill everybody. But yeah. uh, to, to me, I, I just don't see... Yeah, and the way Kaprizov falls forward... Uh. I... I... To send a message, you maybe give him a game or two. I think that's all he gets. Just to be... I think negligence is the best way I've heard it put. Yeah. He... Was he penalized? Did he get five in a game? I know he fought. If he got five in a game, he might not get suspended at all. If it wasn't a penalty, I just don't see it happening. It's not a good hit. Like, I'll say it should be a penalty or something, but I just... Like, Matt Cook would skate full length of the ice and drill dudes right in the back. If, if this was Matt Cook throwing that hit, he would have put his, his, his knee into the back of Kaprizov's neck. Yeah, and to me, this is, it's just, it's, it is negligent. Here's what Dean Evason had to say, Dean Evason being the coach of the Minnesota Wild, really frustrated with how Grill got hurt. I mean, it's a predatorial hit, one that the league, I mean, we don't want that, right? The puck is sitting right there. You know what he's doing. He's going to hurt our best player. There's no question that there is, uh, there's no question that there is no, uh, there is no intention. That is not a hockey play. So I, I think he misspoke there. Uh, the puck sitting right there. All he has to do is take the puck and go. And in a vulnerable position, you hit a player from behind. We'll see it. We see it all the time, and it gets taken care of. I hope this gets taken care of here. He talks about the puck to try to create an intention to me because, yeah, I. He's right. The puck is right there, and he could have just poked at it, and his teammate would have got it in the corner and probably rang it around. 
but he also doesn't have to do that. Like, Kaprizov has... So let me take back something I said earlier, that he was ineligible to be hit. He has the puck, and he's eligible to be hit. And then he sort of falls forward. <laughs> the problem I have, and this is where Frederick loses me, is he's going in for a solid legal check. And as Kaprizov fa falls, Frederick follows him. Now that's ah, it's one of those things happening in a fast game, and it's instinctual. And I still think you got to ding guys for that. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it's completely against uh, you know an NHL player's nature and definitely Trent Frederick's nature to bail on a hit. But to me, that's a situation where you got to bail on a hit. Did he have time? Uh, he had I, time. I'm not to, totally. Here, can you press not, play for a sec, just so I can so, see it one more time? Okay, I I have to see it a few more times, I think. But I just I didn't get the sense that this was the torpedo Trent Frederick that we're used to. You know, he. Uh, You'd have to ask him. You'd have to. Well, in, well he's not going to answer you, honestly. No, I know. In my, in my opinion, uh, there's he goes in with his arm, right? Like his arm, his shoulder, his elbow, whatever you want to call okay. it. And he drills him. Um, if he throws his hands up, if he puts them down, I don't know. I've never been in Trent Frederick's situation. This is, you know, I'm usually on the side of we need to protect players. We got to suspend guys. Ah, <laughs> that's a tough one man it's a it looks awful bruce cassidy i don't think there was any malicious intent yeah but that's a pull string quote from bruce cassidy <laughs> you said that about every bruins hit ever <laughs> uh so anyway it's, it's so tough because at this moment i don't know adam if you can see what i'm looking at here but at this moment is how much kinda, do nhl rights cost can we buy these <laughs> it's kind of where he decides I wish we could buy digital rights i hope they make those available at this moment is where he kind of decides to make the hit yeah and kaprizov is going to turn back up ice is what he's going to do but he falls on his turn and Tr Fr trent frederick continues to hit him and this little space of when a player is not against the boards, but directly next to it is a dangerous play. Boarding. Because that's Boarding. when the player's head and neck goes into the boards. And so when it's when it's there, is it on Trent Frederick to not make that play? A little bit, yes, but because that's illegal. So he comes here, Kaprizov's never against the boards. He's turning to turn up ice, and that's when he falls. And Trent Frederick continues to go to, towards but, him. But, okay, first off, in the entire thing that you've just shown there, Jesse, at no point does Trent Frederick uh, take any stride. Here, he's gliding. He, he's all, but, and he glides, but he glides through the puck as well, which that's not a hockey play. So the, um, who said that? Cassidy? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, well, yeah. So Dean Evison called it predatorial. Cassidy said, I don't think there was malicious intent. Evison, who said it's not a hockey play. So right here... The puck is between his legs. So at no point was he going to play the puck. The puck is right there. But it's Trent Frederick. Ne <laughs> next to his skate. Like, yeah. Of course he's not going to play the puck. Yeah. If, if I'm at Department of Player Safety, I definitely suspend him. But not a lot because it's accidental. Because Caprizov's falling on his own yeah. entirely. He, he's not being touched. And here he's going towards the boards himself. But the puck is through his legs. That's, right. You're not playing the game of hockey. You're, going, you're playing check people. Two games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a game or two. Fair it's, enough. It's so tough. If you're a Wild fan, I get why that would piss you oh, off. Oh, fuck me. It would be so... I was so mad if that was Matthews. Listen, it's bad for hockey that Caprizov's it. Yes. It's bad. Yes. Um, But, I mean, Frederick's got a job to do, and I just... 
Yeah. yeah, intent is so important, and to me, it's just negligence. Let's do the press conference. The presser. SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, it's a it's an hour long show. It's Friday, my friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Adam, what uh, what show were you watching yesterday that you tweeted? Uh, I was watching the a documentary that is from 2004 on the Boer War, which people in South Africa and somebody got mad at me in my in my they're like it's called the South African War, and it's like okay, well, I, it was a British documentary and I didn't name it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but traditionally for a hundred years it was known as the Boer War. And then more recently, they're like, it's actually the South African War. Well, and it would Canadian, be the second South African War because there was two Boer Wars. As a Canadian who grew up in the same educational system as Adam, I've never heard of the South African War. Yeah, everybody I've else. only heard or, of the Boer War. Everybody else calls it the Boer War. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's what I was watching. It's a three-year conflict. Um, and uh, one of the first times that you ever see the British Army in khaki clothes. Ooh. In a war setting, rather than the big reds, although they had switched about twenty years before that. Mm. So interesting, and uh, it's funny that a lot of the stuff that that happened in World War One also happened in the Boer War, and the British lost a lot of people because they didn't adapt in the Boer War, and they went right into World War One doing the exact same shit that they were doing at the beginning of the Boer War. The Boers taught them the the trench systems and the guerrilla warfare and all this all this stuff, and the Brits were like, you know what, we're not going to use any of that. We're just, we would prefer to eat lead. The studying, I, I don't know what you got out of this documentary because I don't know anything. It's really, actually, it's really, really good. It's really good. But what I got from, uh, you know, learning about World War One is like, Jesus, why did we do this? Why did we do any of this? Mm -hmm. Right? And that's when I hear stories about, it's not just negligence. It's Those are lives we're talking about. Yeah, right? but you have to remember how people looked at lives 120 totally years different. ago and yeah and 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 that's like not just not just governments and elites at the average person you got to remember that like 120 130 years ago death was everywhere if you grew up poor death was everywhere oh, yeah. it could be people didn't know you had cancer when you had cancer your teeth rotted out of your mouth if you lived too long like there was there was i don't think people understand how much things have changed in the last 150 years so it's it's easy to understand, or it's easier when you put it in that context. Didn't make it any easier to, to handle, but it's easier when you put it in that context to understand why people were just a little more hardened to it. They'd all seen it. Um, but it's, it's interesting. That war sort of set the tone for how the first half of the 20th century would go, and all of it was bad. Money motivated, the first concentration camps we've ever seen, trench warfare. Oh, yeah. They, I didn't know that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, it's, it's nuts. And... Um, and also, uh, the first signs that these worldwide empires that France and England and Spain's was kind of on the wane and America had some territories in the Southeast and that sort of thing, um, that they were not going to last forever. And, and it's funny, the, the reason it all happened was because they discovered gold in one of the provinces outside of what is, uh, outside of the British sort of protectorate. They're, they, they were sort of free within the British, uh, empire. And it's called, I think it's called the Orange Free State. And basically, they went from one of the poorest areas in the world to one of the richest areas of the world in 10 years. Jesus. To like literally the richest part of the world in 10 years. Because they found this metal that we just applied value 100%. to. Yeah, it's just everything's bad about it. That's why, that's why I find history so fascinating, where everybody, like everybody going into that, 
it's all poor intentions by today's standards. And that's why it's so interesting. Anyway, that's why I watched Well, thank it. you. No problem. Mystery, I don't know. You didn't ask, but I'm telling you Dad, anyway. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> was that interesting? I don't know. <laughs> There's your history podcast yeah. title. History Dad. History history dad man if you think i'm wrong about sports i'm wrong about history all the time man it's be, it'd be oh, bad. it's okay yeah. to be wrong about things no yeah. it's not we need to get over that. no jesse is wearing a red jacket <laughs> it's lazy <laughs> my jacket is blue jamie J on our discord says been listening to your show for a while now and i still do not know the origin of the steve dangle podcast navy so, oh. Navy. oh, I see the amazing merchandise, but I feel like it's an inside joke that I have no idea about. Could you maybe give us a little history on the Navy? So when I do purchase merchandise and get asked about it while wearing it, I know the backstory. Love your show. Well, like all things, it is born in Jesse and Adam bothering me. So, <laughs> so. Uh, Rihanna, Rihanna, the famous musical artist. Uh, oh, I've, yeah, because there's another Rihanna for her to be confused with. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd explain have who you, Rihanna Have you heard of her? Rihanna? <laughs> so her Rihanna, work? she's from Barbados. She's a musical artist. You might have heard of her. Mm. She has a fan group. Her fan group is called uh, the Rihanna Navy. And that is because she was in an amazing movie called Battleship. For all of 20 seconds, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they sold it I so saw her. Oh, I she's saw in that the trailer. stupid yeah. movie. And she's in the trailer, but not in the movie. And the reason we talked about the movie on the podcast, it was probably like, what, 2017 when it came out? It was because uh, Adam saw it. And we were in the original studio. Yeah, Adam saw it, and it was awful. It's awful. And, and we talked about we it. We were talking no, and we were also talking about fan group names. Yes, yes. yes. So, so the Beehive. For I was Beyonce. getting there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I sorry. Get out, way, get out of the way. We were Shut talking up, about different fan group names, and Steve, like he does when he gets real funny, he uh, said, "Why if it's just Rihanna Navy because of the battleship? We should be dangled." No, Navy. that was I, us. no. I said the opposite. I was like, no. "That's stupid." Yes, you and you're like, stupid. "That's what it is." Which one do you like the least? We're going with that. Yeah, because there was the Sel Selena Gomez with the mm -hmm. Selenators, and then Demi Lovato were the Lovatics, and then Bayhive and Navy and, and all Beliebers. that. Beliebers. Beliebers, that's it right. A, it was a big time for fan name. Swifties. So here's what was so funny about that. Yeah. Back in the day, uh, we used to do... Um, we used to have fun. Back in the day, we used to uh, uh, have a connection with the Marleys, and uh, basically, we would go and we would discount tickets, and all of the Steve Dangle podcast listeners would buy in a section. So you'd see like two hundred seats. Yeah, there'd be like two, three hundred seats that would be like tw 10, 20 percent off. And then we'd all get to go, and then we'd get to skate on the ice afterwards. Yeah. So that first show that we were making fun of, we we're like, ah, we'll call it the Dangle Navy. I think we had our Marley's game probably a week later on a Saturday, sure. and people showed up dressed as sailors there's a girl yeah. dressed in a full sailor and like outfit. and there were full like bristol board and, and dangle so navy signs uh i miss those marley's games man i remember i don't know why i remember this we were uh, one of our uh dangle navy nights with the marley's we were there for the news that roman polak had signed with the leafs we got that mid game and everyone's just like what's your reaction and i was like not good <laughs> bad not good it's bad damn it anyways it's stuck like it's... dangle navy was a pretty damn good idea yeah no you got yours yeah this i'm this is one of the rare shows where i'm not wearing dangle navy stuff mm -hmm. this is this is david Ayer's clothing line nice he gave me this the Easter seals thing i like that i met david Ayer's. isn't that weird yeah. I think it's very strange. Uh, I now follow him and his wife. Yeah. His wife who does a ton of charitable initiatives, and so does David. Yeah. 
Sarah Harris, right? Yeah, it wouldn't it be so much better if they were like jerks. It would know? be if they if they doubled down on being evil villains. I couldn't fault them for it, but they haven't. No, they're just you know they're getting a Disney movie made about them are because they? they're Disney people. Yeah, they're magical Disney people. Are they? Are you serious? Hey, hey can you be in our "Twas the Night Before Christmas" video? Yes, I can. Like no pushback. Hey, when do you need it? They're awesome. I don't know if it's a Disney movie, but I'm pretty sure. Oh God! I hope it's not a movie. I hope it's not a Canadian movie. If you're not from Canada, you know some good ones. Name one. Uh, without a paddle. Is that a Canadian movie? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. I I remember for the longest time when we were on BT, and I remember I did entertainment. It was sort of like, which Paul Gross movie are we doing this year? Uh, he got all the factor funding all of it i liked when adam said name one and i named exactly one <laughs> and you don't know who paul gross is do you no that's right but he i've did heard all, the name he did all the canadian war movies like passiondale stuff like that uh, yeah well, movie based sure. on david Ayer's in the works at disney that's sick there you go uh luke fox jukebox reported that originally that uh disney is in the works with um some people's and heirs to make a movie on his life. He, I hope it's better than it. the, uh, I haven't seen it, but the Kurt Warner movie, when I saw that was a thing that was happening, I was like, I lived through this. It's weird to have yeah. a movie of a guy that was my favorite quarterback oh. now have a, have a movie about him come out and I'm still here. Ha- has it, has it come out? I think it came out on like in or around Christmas. Is it bad? One. I don't know. So I don't here's, know. I seen it. so yes. I want to see that one. I want to see that one because it sounds, it's just such a great story. Yeah. Like he was playing like NFL Europe and like he was, stocking groceries. He was a grocery store worker and then he played in, I think it's like six different football leagues and he eventually got a shot at quarterback in the NFL. Amazing. And he's a Super Bowl champion. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. The, um, like we were there for that, all of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird yeah. to have a movie about it. And that. it was funny, like the announcers on the TV at the time were like, hey, you know, like a couple of years ago, and he's like in the Super Bowl, like he would have been playing in NFL Europe anyway. Warner from Shotgun. Uh, and you're like, uh, uh, you're just going to let that pass? Is that all we're going to talk about? We we didn't acknowledge it because we didn't want to cut Marissa and Gimme off last show. But she was like, yeah, uh, was having the worst season since 1996. I wasn't even born. Oh. And in my head, I went, oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Get well, used to it. We're going to hear that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently. We're not the young kids anymore, kid. We're the middle kids. I like explaining to dudes in their like early 40s, like whenever I talk about you know, the podcast and everything. I was like, we have to contextualize Matt Sundin. Yeah. And they just melt. They just turn into a yeah. big puddle. Yep. And people listen die. to the show that were like, ah, I was like four. <laughs> and you're like, oh God, I'm going to die. <laughs> My, mine is, uh, they're like, oh yeah, you remember Alan Bester. I'm like, fuck, I do. <laughs> 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 exactly. I um, uh, what was it? What, I completely. We were doing. We were talking about the movies and Kurt Warner. Oh yeah. The um the one I wanted to see and then or the the premise I thought was going to be good and then I don't know that it is going to be good Mm -hmm. is the one who's the Saints head coach, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Remember he was suspended for a year. They made a movie about that and how he went to coach his son's high school football team. Oh, that's fun. And it seemed like it was fun. And I think it was Kevin James that's playing him. Um, Kevin James, Sean Payton. So is it a comedy? I think it is. And I was sort of hoping it would be more of a drama, but, um, I, I thought the premise was good, but then I saw the trailer. I'm like, I don't know. Oh no. Mm. I don't know. 
Did we lose the TV? Yeah, the internet's not uh, good today. Oh well, yeah. yeah, I can. I my internet at my house is not good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's uh. <laughs> Did I, you put something? No, it's just no, black. No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted I wanted that to be good because I think that's a great story. I'm hoping they don't goof that up and make mm. it too cheesy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good story. Anyway. I wonder if there will be wacky pratfalls. <laughs> Stop it. That's Anyways, what I would do. So uh, to round out that question, we stole Dangle Navy from Rihanna. Yeah. Yes. What else we got? That is the thing. What's our next um, And so she can have it back when she releases a new album. This is from uh, R-E-R-E, which is conveniently Riri. Mm. So in the Finnish league, the player currently with most points within their team wears a golden helmet in the game. Additionally, last couple of years, the rookies have had their own version of this. Their helmet is sponsored by Red Bull. What's your thoughts on something like this for the NHL? Personally, I got to say, back when I was starting to get into watching hockey, it was nice to spot the golden helmet on the ice for each team and follow the best player on each team easily. Hmm. I know that's... I I don't understand why hockey is so protective of that shit. Like, I understand not wanting it to be too commercial and you don't want jerseys plastered with the stuff but i don't know the helmet i kind of i don't know gold helmet that's kind of fun yeah what's wrong with that it's also it's entertainment like uh, oh I, I can't watch the guy's got a gold he's so much a different color from everybody else what's happened to us what's happened to everything i love guy turns to the honey i want a divorce <laughs> believe anymore it's not uniform nobody's wearing it's about the crest on the front and it's about the helmet on the head apparently i haven't gone to church since i saw the man with the gold helmet because that was the day i realized there is no god or we just allow it because it's sort of a fun thing hey is and is anybody still complaining about helmet advertising no exactly because it doesn't affect anything it doesn't i'm like who cares I don't If you're a hockey fan, you should want new people to like the sport. I know one team's helmet ad, and that's the Leafs. TikTok. And, and I know it's TikTok. I know it's TikTok because I've learned it's TikTok. I don't know it's TikTok because I've seen it a bunch of times. I don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. It's honestly probably not even money that well spent, if I'm honest. My job is to watch hockey. I never notice it. The person I couldn't who made tell that you sale at MLSC is really pissed at you right now. Okay, well, what? They're not going to cancel it. You get to keep the money, so shut up. Shut up. So you guys are in favor of gold helmets? Yeah, yeah whatever. I, I don't know about the <laughs> shiny gold. But I, I still like the shiny gold helmets that Vegas wears. By the way, yeah. I love their Vegas, the Vegas love That's jerseys. That's great. Those are real, and they're really well done. Like, obviously, the sentiment behind it's great, but they're really well done. Oh, yeah. They're really, like, cool. And, it's just uh, simple. By the way, I think it's, is it cooljerseys.net? Is it, what, what's the jersey thing? Cool, um, coolhockey.com. They, uh, they posted a tweet today, and shout out to those guys, because they do a great job, but I had to laugh at this one. They're like, get them before they're gone, wild fans, your, wi- your wild winter classic jerseys, and nobody responded. They oh. haven't even had a response to the tweet. Yeah, because they probably, well, it doesn't even matter that it's not the greatest jersey. They got killed. <laughs> Yeah. In that game. That's why I, the Leafs white jerseys, you know, it has grown on me over the years, but they, but got, they got killed, killed in that game. Yeah. You guys, we're getting a new Leafs jersey because the Leafs play in an outdoor game coming up on March 
7th, I oh. believe. They're playing the Buffalo Sabres at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, March 13th in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Lease for Sabres. And you know what? They got to make some new jerseys for that thing. I hope. Mm. And I'm very excited. I hope restrictions lift by then, but guaranteed the NHL is already having talks about can we move this to Buffalo? No, it's happening. I think March 13th, because it's an outdoor stadium, they're going to yeah, they're they're get, they're oh, gonna get the permission. It's a Tim Hortons field, man. Oski yeah. Wee Wee, baby. Yeah. Also, uh, tickets are already sold out. You know, like they're going to talk to Mr. Uh, Dougie Ford over there. If, if they can find him. <laughs> they can find him. <laughs> ah, all right. So I think that's it for today. Thank you for a fantastic week. It was nice to have our first week back in yeah. 2022. We feel good? Feel good about the, the whole thing? Yeah? yeah. All right. That was a good Wherever show. you are, we hope you're safe and happy, and we love you. And we have a fantastic weekend. Go Leafs, go. And we'll see you Monday. Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W Y L D E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.